Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. What's that podcast called? The Macaw Podcast Universe. And who is it hosted by starting with alphabetical order, top billing? Um, Jordan Macaw. And then second? Micah Macaw. And what's their relationship? They're married, and they they exist to prove people wrong. When, sequ- pe- when sequels say movies are never better than people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we we cover film franchises, and we are here in the middle, and also the two thirds way point of our Pitch Perfect series. The middle and two thirds way point. Yeah, we're actually past fifty percent, but we are in the middle because this 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 will bridge the middle thirty three percent. Gosh, okay, keep going, <laughs> keep talking, and. Um, on the day that we're recording this, it's May 12th, and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. So if this episode is under five minutes, you know why. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> checking their phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we 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 did we sang along to Pitch Perfect 1. We did not, but... Uh, we okay. found out that Jordan really has a tough time with acapella music. Yeah, and it didn't get easier with the second movie, <laughs> let me just say. <laughs> and then here we are on Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. So, should we dive right in, or do you want to set the table? Well, when did you see this movie? I saw it the other night when we watched it. What? Yep. I, uh, okay, so I thought I had seen this movie, and then it's going, and I was like, oh, gosh, there's no way I've seen this. And then we get to a point where I'm like, oh, wait, I have seen this. And I think the situation was the movie was on in the room, uh-huh. and I did not watch it, but it, I was in, I existed in the room it played in. Uh-huh, okay. So I remembered a little bit of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I had, though, and I don't know how... Oh, you know what? In one of the years when I was researching and trying to figure out, this is what it was. Okay, because the Snoop Dogg scene, I recognized. That was oh, the okay. only scene. And I was kind of like, why did I recognize that? And I just remembered um, when I was getting ready to do my second Christmas show, Christmas at the Movies, I was spending... You were wanting, you were interested in contacting Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was spending... You had heard some... he had done a, some Christmas <laughs> stuff before. <laughs> He's down to clown. <laughs> no, I was spending some time on YouTube trying to find famous movie songs, and this oh. popped up. Okay. Um, yeah. So you watched this clip? Yeah, I watched. Well, I watched part of the clip, and then you realized, oh, this isn't like he's not like doing a his own thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a joke. Yeah. So then I thought, no, okay, um, that won't work for the show, and I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to find songs that like originated in movies, sure, right? Weren't covered in them, right? Um, I think I had to bend the rules on like one or two, but Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, yeah. So that's really my only experience. Um, and then we watched it. Yeah. That's that's pretty easy. Do you want? Uh, here's what I want to do now, and I'm gonna have to pause to set it up. But we're, uh, my sister when she found out we were doing this, she was like, "Oh my gosh, you have to have me on Pitch Perfect too." But, uh, man, I got a lot of episodes to edit before we have a baby. So I said, "I'm sorry, it can't happen." But she sent a voicemail of an experience she had at the theater. So let's roll the clip. And we can commentate. We'll be recording while it rolls, so we can say whatever we want. Okay. So the first time I saw Pitch Perfect 2, I was living in McMinnville at the time, and I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, 23, 24, maybe 25 when it came out. Uh, 
No, I think I was like 23. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I am not a big drinker, just like occasional, but I didn't really know my tolerance much. So we we go to the theaters, there's a group of us, and one of the girls there snuck in Tequila Sunrises with a little bit more tequila than there was Sunrise, or maybe a lot, okay? So... I don't think I had had dinner, but I don't remember for sure. I and I do. I'm gonna need I you to get confirmation on that, got Rebecca. A little <laughs> tipsy halfway through, and it was a packed theater. Okay, people were happy to see the Pitch Perfect two movie, and <laughs> I just remember when um, the guy who plays Tobias in Arrested Development, David Cross, come on, that show when I was in high school and I hadn't really seen him in anything since I was kind of like being inebriated. I was kind of a little more excited than I needed to be like, Oh yeah. I hope my dad doesn't hear this. He's (laughs) there. I know that guy. He was in Arrested Development. He's so funny. It was, I was, and I will say, being inebriated watching this movie made it ten times more fun as well. I wish I was so, ten times inebriated watching there. this movie. <laughs> and I'm just, like, excited, and I'm loving the movie, and it is so great. And then it gets to the part where the creepy girl is hanging upside down in the tree. Yeah, and yeah. And we remember, Rebecca. Keep going. says, <laughs> I am a bat. But she like whispers it, you know, like I'm a bat. And I don't think she, that's I what she says. But I think she says that at some point. Okay, okay. Laughing so freaking hard, and I cannot stop. And people are like shushing me, <laughs> and I am trying to get control of myself. But I, it is uncontrollable, and it is giggly. And then this lady that I don't even know who's sitting behind me and to the right. Every time that I start to like kind of get control of myself she starts giggling at me (laughs) and i don't think we stopped laughing until the movie was over yikes i was just laughing so bad for everyone so hard (laughs) watching it back it's never been the same never as funny it just that first moment it was just so pure bliss (laughs) and and I was ridiculous, and people were so mad. And I, tr- oh, I tried so hard. I tried so hard not to laugh, but I couldn't help myself. It just, it was, it was so funny. So funny. Wow. Yeah. So there we have it. That we, is. We get to talk about our theater experiences so often. It's only fair that someone else gets to. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is a pretty funny story. Um, I can say that's never happened to me. I was going to ask you if that's ever happened to no, you. No, I've only had a, a drink in a movie one time, and it was when we saw Little Women. That's the only time. Oh, I, got meant, some I meant where you like were disruptive. Like, you couldn't help it, but you were laughing or something. I do remember um, when we, I saw the movie Hairspray. Um, <laughs> okay, I already was, like where <laughs> this is headed. Saw it, saw it with... Um, I, I remember I saw it with friends, and, and one of those friends was Olivia. And I don't know if she would remember, but... Um, I don't even remember what happened, but it was right when the movie started. Uh-huh. Like we're like zooming in or whatever, fade in. And so, I think something was said and it was like so hard to not laugh. It, and it was so hard to get into the movie 
mm-hmm. for a couple minutes because it was like I wasn't ready to watch it because of what funny thing just happened. Yeah, and we could not stop laughing, and it was so funny. But I can't, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I think, uh, yeah, my I famously I saw the other guys, and I like when the Gary Sanchez like logo came up, I started laughing. And then <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Especially when when it got to the tuna lion versus tuna f- fight that they have that they talk about which would yeah, beat yeah. the other. I I was like I, was, I I don't I I laughed so hard that my belly ached. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy and I was sitting it was back when they used to have the two side ones. Oh yeah. And so it was there there was a group of us but it was just Taylor and I sitting Oh, were you like embarrassing her? And she was like looking around like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, <laughs> like you have to stop." But yeah. I, it was it was truly beyond I could not help it. I truly could not help it. Yeah. We um, got in a pretty, uh, I mean, not not disruptive, but we got in a healthy giggle fit over the Dungeons and Dragons movie. With uh, Oh, yeah. We got some good ones. With Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was we, funny. We giggled for a while. Um, but, yeah. So, let's talk about Pitch Perfect 2. Okay. Uh, thanks for sending in the voicemail. Thank you. I, no, I don't want to open the floodgates, but if you have a good enough voicemail, maybe we'll play it. I don't know. Maybe we're going to have to set up a Google phone so that we can get voicemails. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. who, of course, is a very famous actress. This is, would it surprise you to note, her first movie? No. Uh, she was a producer on the first one. She directs this movie. Cool. And then in, I th- want to say, 2019, she's going to come out with Charlie's Angels, her oh, second movie, yeah. uh, which was a huge bomb. Yeah. And then this year she came out with Cocaine Bear, and those are her three movies. And that movie did well. Like, yes, yes. For what it is. For what it is and the budget it has, definitely a hit. Yeah. Um, I I've, I have heard, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard a lot of people that like, and I, and I understand this, a lot of times when people take on a B-movie premise but are aware that they're making a B-movie, it just doesn't work in the same way of like someone like truly being like, no, we're making a Cocaine Bear movie. And we're not trying to laugh about it. We're trying to make this seriously. And then you watch and you're like, this is hilarious. Like, how could they take this so seriously? So I've heard a lot of people who are like, the movie's definitely too winky. And like, oh. too too much like, how crazy is this? Oh, okay. Um, but I haven't seen it. And I've, I've also heard other people who are like, it, what, a, what a fun ride. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Very weird directorial career so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I... I dare I say she might be more of a just a studio hire kind of thing so far because it doesn't seem like there's a a through line between those movies in any way, shape, or form. No. When they did Charlie's Angels, were they really trying to bring him back? Uh, what, what do you mean? Th- there have been movies before that movie. Yeah, but this was a new crew. Yeah, so were they really trying to, like, potentially, if it did well, like, maybe we could get it a couple out of here? I I don't know. I don't even know if they had those discussions. The movie bombed so bad. Oh, really? It, I mean, it was it was a pretty bad bomb, and that was pre-pandemic. I mean, it was like, yikes. I mean, when that I, came out, I don't know why they did it at all. Right. Um. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, she directed it, and then this one, much like the last movie, is written by Kay Cannon. The cinematography is by Jim Denault, who uh, did the cinematography for the show The Affair, and My Greek Fat Wedding 2. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. There's a third one coming out. 
Is there really? And I don't know if I knew that there was a second one. Oh. Did I know that? Jordan, come on. I don't think I've seen it. No, but we'll we'll cover it on the I podcast. I would watch it. Yeah. I'd watch both. I got a funny story about the first movie for but we'll save it for when we cover it. Love I to, the I've first told movie. you. But, yeah, yeah. Um the, there's that what is the line where she says the um, neck and the head and the yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the music is by Mark Mothersbaugh, uh, who is in Devo, and he did the music for 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Why? Oh, yes. Spreading <laughs> <laughs> and breadcrumbs. We're, uh, what is that called? Foreshadowing. Uh, this movie comes out May 15th, 2015 on a $29 million budget. It makes 184 domestic, and it makes 287 worldwide. That's big. And then uh, the the only really notable thing I saw about the production is that they did do acapella boot camp, which seems like Jordan's hell on earth, where what they is... would do dance and singing like for a certain number of hours a day so that they wouldn't get like worn out while making the movie. I mean, that sounds uh, smart. Yeah, it sounds sounds about a nightmare. <laughs> um, and then finally, before we start with the movie, there. Last episode, we talked about a pit bull that walked up to the window and saw Gilmore and stared at him, and it caused me to swear mm-hmm. and be very scared and all of that. Guess what, guys? Before we're sitting down to watch this movie, I take Gilmore on a walk. I come around a corner. I see a pit bull in the, a lawn of someone's house. It looks at us. It's the same pit bull. It's not in its fence or anything. It looks at us, and then it just takes off running. So there might be some sort of pitch perfect like connection with this pit bull. Yeah, like I'm I'm curious if in Pitch Perfect Three I'm gonna be like, guess what, guys? The the pit bull came back or something like that. It was in our backyard this time or something. Oh, I hope not. That would be freaky. Yeah. Well, it might. I'm I'm positing that there might be some magic at play. I'm kind of thinking this dog's a ghost. Oh, he could be. That's what I'm thinking. Do you think? So I mean, where do you stand on ghosts again? Um, I, hmm, be I, honest. I believe in them, but not straight up. Like I, I think when you die, you go somewhere. Yeah, and I don't necessarily believe in unfinished business that that would hold someone here. I think it's more of energy that's left behind. Yeah, not so much like a sentient thing. And if it is sentient, I think it's no good, very bad. Yeah, yeah, that's a cheat o- overview. So as far as a animals do you think animals can be ghosts sure in the same way that you're describing energy wise yeah okay yeah i think i'm with you maybe this dog died like it got out ran away died Mm. and it's 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 the ghost of this dog that's just always going to be lost could be it'd be it's weird though because i did see it in daylight the second time but it's it's just because of its color it just looks haunting to me. Yeah. It's very, it's just very ghost-like. And it does seem like, because cause we were walking toward it and it just took off. It seemed like the other day, if you had gone outside, it would have just bolted. Yeah. And we, you wouldn't have been able to catch it. Yeah. We'll find out someday. Yeah. But probably not. Because <laughs> that's how ghosts work. That's true. Uh, actors, man. We got, we got a couple of new people on this one. We have Haley Steinfeld, um, who we have not covered because she's in Hawkeye, but not a Marvel movie. 
correct? That's true. Yeah. Um, she is in Hawkeye, the show, True Grit, Edge of Seventeen, Bumblebee. Um, I think in a way, kind of blowing up in the last few years. Yeah, I I did when I was looking up stuff for the movie. You know, True Grit was like a big. Still not seen that movie. Yeah, big hit, and she was like one of the like, holy cow, who's this girl? Yeah, takeaways from the movie. And then there's a bunch of stuff in between, but I this is like her next like big movie. Okay. So this is like the beginning of maybe the Haley Steinfeld that we are field or Feld? Feld. That that we're more familiar with is this movie. Yeah. So this this will be pretty significant on her tombstone. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Katie Seagal um is in this uh who you might know just not from seeing her, but by listening cuz she plays Leela and Futurama. Oh yeah. She's also in Married with Children and se- several other things of course, but two big things. Um and then new people to the crew. Chrissy Fit plays Flo. Um that's the girl who kept talking about her immigration story or something. Not a single one of those jokes landed for me. No, that no, me neither. It was like it was like they were trying to do uh the the what my sister dubbed the girl as the bat girl like it was like the same type of joke as you what they the already bat ha- girl the oh, the, the oh. hanging upside down thing yeah. where it's like say something really uncomfortable that no one yeah that is like freaky and dark and it was just the same like archetype yeah the I don't same know crew. it didn't work for me either I I think I just didn't need another character like yeah. I I understand having some new faces but I just don't think I needed another person to be funny no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, though, um, she is in Teen Beach Movie. Um, Great movie. <laughs> Aquafina's Nora from from Queens, NCIS Hawaii, and other stuff. Okay. Um, Bridget Hort Sorensen. <laughs> she plays the DMS like leader. Oh, okay, okay. She is not German. Okay. Uh, sorry to burst your bubble. Totally bursted. <laughs> She's Danish. Um, oh. She is in Automata. Automata. I don't know what that is. <laughs> in Order of Disappearance. Jordan's got to get to Zelda. <laughs> I got to be done talking about this dumb movie. <laughs> um, vinyl and uh, a Game of Thrones. She's a Game of Thrones. Good okay. for her. And then Flula Borg, which was fun. Cool. I love Flula. He no, wasn't I was, funny. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not, no, he not, was funny. Not that he wasn't funny. I just wanted, I wanted Flula. Yeah. In, in it. But, um, no, he was great. Yeah. Um, he's in the Suicide Squad, Chippendale, Rescue, something. Um, Rangers. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, and then he's, whenever he's on Comedy Bang Bang. He's just been on the it, once, right? I feel like, probably. Yeah. He's a treat. I he was great him. on it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he might have been on twice, but. Okay. Maybe not. Um, and then I'm not going to go over each person, but there's a lot of, there's some pretty crazy cameos and very, the cameos are the best part of this movie. They are. They, they did really, we've talked about cameos many times in this, and this was a really good use of cameos. Very. Except for one of them. Yes. Which we'll talk about when we'll get there. Yeah. Talking about Robin Roberts. Actually, it kind of works. But we'll no, talk about it. No, it doesn't. It. We'll talk it about doesn't. it. We'll, um, we'll get, when we get there, we'll get there. But yeah, I'm not going to go through each person right now. No, no, no. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Yeah, so. That, that's about it. That's, that's your crew? Yeah. Okay. So I think we're ready to just dive right in to this movie. Yeah. So once again, we get 
the Universal logo with acapella. Well, wait, intro. what did you think of this movie? I didn't like it. Okay, cool. Me neither. Um, I, I did laugh a lot. There were yeah. a lot. Of, there were a lot of laughs, most especially at the beginning, and the cameos were great. Uh, but this movie sucks. The last the last forty minutes of this movie was pretty tough. Yeah. Um. What What I think. So like my my headline, you know, per, Amy Poehler talking about what to what to put on the the newspaper the next day when she's talking. You're talking about Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope. Yeah. Would be like movie not as winky as first movie. Therefore, too earnest. The earnesty hurts this movie. The first movie was earnest, but not quite as earnest. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I just think. I mean, I love earnesty, but I don't the, think that's a word. Yeah, it is. One hundred percent, it's a word. Earnesty. Earnesty. Yeah. You look it up. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look it up. You, you have to cover while I do this though, because I don't want to. I, I agree with you though. I think this movie. Well, it was just the the, the balance wasn't there, because it was really silly, like sillier than the first movie. But then they were also trying to do the earnest thing, uh-huh. where it is like, we do want them to win, I guess, at the at the end of the day, and like everyone to to all the characters to have their arc and everything. It's not a word. Thank you. Um, it's, but I just, it's in earnest and and earnestly. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> Shut it down. But but yeah, I I agree. I I think that the earnest parts of the movie so, uh, were just boring. Yeah. And, and then also, th- this is such a silly movie. It's freaking acapella. It's dumb. And that's my opinion. But, like, it, it's just... See first episode. It's inherently you. silly. Yeah. So don't try to, like, make everyone's life feel like it's on the edge when all they're, like, really worried about... Like, worried about is, like, I can't graduate college because I'm too afraid to start my life. Well, I think, like... You know, one one thing that I would I would say as as like to juxtapose the two movies. First movie, Britney Snow. Yeah. She she gets a nodes. Nodes. And it's played very dramatically, but there's this kinda like this is kind of funny though. Yeah. Like like she's taking this so seriously. Although they are a serious thing. But it's like it's played in a funny manner. Yeah. But it's still heartfelt and it's still as the story. But in this movie, when she's like, I just don't want to leave college. What am I going to do? There's no, like, joke to it. You know what yeah. I mean? And Other than it sounds like she's been there for seven years. <laughs> yeah, how that is, is that? That is pretty funny. How is that possible? Like, how can someone afford that? I don't get it. Yeah. But, but, but do you know what I mean? No, like, I do like, know what it's you mean. Like, there, there, because the, there's not an awareness in this movie, it seems like. I think this movie seems to be like, no, we all, like, do think acapella is really cool and not funny. Yes. But the first movie was like, this is cool stuff. These are talented people, but it's also kind of funny. And they also have other lives. They, like, do other things. But the issue with that was, in this movie, with Anna Kendrick's character, like, in this internship at a production, all of it was just not a single person can relate to that. Oh, we're going to save the the Anna Kendrick studio stuff. Not a single person can relate to it. Because I can speak to that in like, full that, understanding. That entire storyline is cringy to me. Yes. Other than Keegan Mike, Keegan Michael Key gets to have a lot of fun, and I like seeing him have fun. Yeah, he was oh, yeah, very yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, I it was it's like she's supposed to be. She felt very much less of a main character in this movie. Uh huh. Much this felt much more like an ensemble compared yeah. to the first movie. Um, but, Which is fine. Oh no, that's fine. But it's just 
Oh my gosh, it was awful. Yeah. It was yeah, it was not good. Um I don't think it's not like an unwatchable movie by any means. No. Um it's still like pretty fun and and I mean well, it's not like long, it's not torturous. Yeah. Um but yeah, let's dive in though. Okay. So uh once again it's set it starts like exactly the same way. There's a there's a different universal logo theme music, but it's still a cappella. And then you have Elizabeth Banks and John Michael Higgins, and they're doing their commentator stuff. Even their stuff wasn't really not that funny, funny this time. Some funny stuff for sure, but just not as funny. Yeah. And and I did see someone else. It, this is an interesting point uh, to bring up. Uh, I saw another a critic that I follow. And again, like is often the case, I don't necessarily agree with this guy all the time. But he pointed out, like, man, I'm so tired of characters in movies being able to be like racist or kind of racist mm-hmm. or say a f- like o- dumb things, but it's like, Oh, they're a dumb character. So it's okay. So they mm-hmm. can still make the joke about like Korean food mm-hmm. or the Fili- Japanese the, the team, Filipino, or, or the Filipino, yeah, you know, people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it was funny because when I was watching it, um, it, it did feel like all of those jokes were pretty flat. Yeah. And just didn't quite work. Yeah. And and I do think there's plenty of examples of movies where there's a character that says stuff like that, that that they thread that very th- hard to thread needle. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think this movie is just kind of like, it feels outdated in this movie. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, not that it was necessarily like incredibly cringy or incredibly offensive. It just kind of was like, huh, yeah. still? Yeah. Still with these? You know, it's sort of how it felt. Right. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really impressed with Banks or Higgins in this movie. Um, it just they did, they just didn't pop. I don't understand this how time. they carry so much clout in the acapella world. Well, that's that's part of the funny of it. Okay, the idea I, I think that's carryover from the previous movie. Like the idea that these two people like decide the fate of acapella groups. Yeah, all of that is just funny to me. Although, okay. yeah, I guess it's weird that they're in the group, not just commentating on it, but. I, I don't know. That that part of it is certainly like parsing out how this world works, I think that's part of the comedy is like how stupid it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. So then um they they are perf- the Bellas are performing for the president. Uh yeah. and and when this started I was like, okay, this is this is going to be a pretty funny yeah, movie. Yeah, the fir- the first cut to Michelle and Obama were like it was funny. Yeah. Well, although I do think it was distracting because it was clearly public domain footage that yeah. didn't match up with the cameras they but were using. But to me, it's like this is a, it's a cheap comedy. I don't know. Yeah, the fact that they did it, I, they did it more than once, which was yeah. what like surprised me. But it's just weird because you're like he's not reacting to this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're performing for the president, and then so then so it's already acapella. So I feel uncomfortable by what I'm watching, and then there's an added layer of uncomfortable because I'm in this like suspension of disbelief, uh-huh. and they're like doing this this uh, performance and it's making me more uncomfortable uh-huh, because they're uh-huh. supposed to be performing for the president. No good. Very bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're performing, they're doing stuff. It's just so ridiculous. But, um, fat Amy, it, I forget what the, it's called to do the, wh- how she, what she was oh, doing. I yeah. always forget what that's called, but she's doing that thing. With um, the rope, the, yeah. the cloth or whatever, where you swing around and yeah, whatever it's called tapestry. Or- um, but she, her pants split, and she's not wearing underwear, and she flashes the nation. Yeah, and they call it Muffgate. 
I mean, that's the, well, newscaster stuff is it's always pretty funny in movies. Yeah, a, a newscaster montage. Yeah, so then they do like a newscaster montage, and it's like as they're doing the credits, the Bellas are now like banned from acapella, and they the only way to get back. I'm just kind of yeah skipping around here. The only way to get back is they have to win the world championship oh, in order gosh. to be back well, in. No, okay, which so I think that's funny. That that makes no sense, and I think no, it's it, funny. It is. It is. It's funny. So, but yeah, so they <laughs> they I hate this movie. Really? That I think far? I, do, I think I do. Wow. Now that okay. I have to like think about it uh-huh. beyond what I've seen. It's if I did, like fine. If I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. I think I'd think it's fine, but I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, so they are banned from to from competing in any of the competitions. We find out that they had, they're like three years in a row contender winners of the championships. Yeah. Um, but they can't participate in any of it this year, which means they'll lose their title. And they can't go on their tour. Yeah. And I, I just, the, the world is, I think the world is, I, I, it's a me problem. Uh-huh. I, I recognize that, but it's like, how does this tour happen? Who like organizes it? Does anyone go to class? They're in college. Yeah, the class thing is weird. They might as well not be in college and be professional yeah. acapella singers or that's their side gig. It's, it doesn't make, that makes, doesn't make sense. Makes, n- I makes no could sense. see, cause you know, like my dad, uh, he, he sang in a choir yeah. at, in college and they would go on tour. Yeah. Um, it was mostly churches that they went to. Right. But that sort of thing where they're doing like weird events and stuff that actually rings true to me. Like, yeah. a, like a school, especially if the school has connections, you but know, the, the weird thing is, so, so that gets canceled their tour yeah, and, and then they, they find out. Okay. So then fast forward DSM that like the German acapella group yeah. who like have always won world, the world championship They're They've like taken over their tour to replace them. So they go to a BMW dealership. Yeah, because yeah. they were they were supposed to perform to watch DSM perform. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, who is paying them? Like, oh, I know BMW would be. But it's just like, how, how do they get in with this BMW dealership <laughs> to, to like do this? And what BMW dealership wants to do this? See that them playing at a car shop that rang that to me as funny. a joke that was funny to you okay and and especially like seeing this group perform and it's so intense like it kind of reminded me of like the famous ridley scott apple commercial where it's like this is like such an intense aesthetic and vibe that. yeah for a computer you yeah. know and for the, for for cars and they come out and they're singing muses the resistance and stuff and they're yeah. so intense all black that was very funny to me i thought okay um i guess i have to defend this even though i don't like it i think i'm in a bad mood <laughs> um it did ma- it did remind me of in eastbound and down when he was he goes to the he car goes dealership, to the dealership <laughs> yeah. and it's, but that's like a low point in his life yeah <laughs> um Okay, yeah, so they have to do the world championship. That's, like, the only thing they can compete in this year. Yeah. They can't take any new people on their team. No auditions or anything. They're out of it all. And they're, like, all seniors. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. The the school thing, I think, makes sense to be frustrated with because it's, like, this is in it's lazy. college and you they don't have classes. Yeah. And they have it, – it doesn't make sense no. to me. But um, they get a nice-ass t- house to yeah. live in. And for being an acapella group. Yeah. Um, okay. So that happens. And then Haley Steinfeld is a freshman in college uh-huh. or is she, she's probably not going to class either. Yeah. Her mom is Katie Seagal. Yeah. Um, who used to be a Barton Bella 
Yeah. So her daughter wants to go in and try and It's all audition. she's ever wanted. All she's ever wanted. What a sad life <laughs> she's lived. Um, so she Sorry goes. Sorry to all you Akka heads. <laughs> she goes we to. We apologize. I'm skipping around, I know. but <laughs> Jordan, she, we apologize. I'm, I'm ignoring it. She goes to the house and wants to audition for them. And they're like, well, she's a legacy, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. So let her audition. She sings, I feel uncomfortable again. Um, but she sings an original song. Yeah, and I feel uncomfortable again. And right then and there, I'm like, okay, so they have to win it by doing the original song. Yeah. You know? Um, and and they, they let her in. And then meanwhile, what's also set up is Becca has an internship. Yeah, you, you're doing it. You, are, you got this up, man. You're flying through it. Well, okay, now let's talk about that part of it, though. Okay. Okay, so, well, before we do, I just want to say that and this is kind of funny, but it's also so uncomfortable. And this is this is where I think the like this movie. Are just, you going to talk about orientation? Because I'm I, talking about I orientation. Gonna, I was going to talk about it too. Okay. Yes. Because they're like, "Hey guys, welcome to orientation." And then the guys come out, the troublemakers, and they sing sing a song. I'm not familiar with the song, but it's like "Sucking Too Hard on a Lollipop," and it's a song about a blowjob, right? I mean, that's yeah. all it could be about. Yeah. And um, I guess we're marking this one explicit. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, this is, like, like you got you got about a hundred jokes that are popping into people's head, and yet it just cuts to the audience, and people are like, oh. into it, yeah, and genuinely into the artistry, and I and I think like, that's what's weird about this whole movie. There's not there's not. Like, like in the in the first movie, you had that moment I think about that was really funny, where the troublemakers are singing at like the the class fair thing. Yeah, and you see people looking at them like, "What are they? Like doing? they're annoying." Yeah, and so to have orientation, everyone's like, "Yeah!" Like, like you should at least cut to the the presenter or something uh -huh. behind the curtain, like rolling their eyes, like, "Oh my gosh, I have to hear the stupid song again." Uh huh. But you no, see, you see, no. that would have been funny, funnier because later on in the movie, when the Bellas get invited to that weird party, yeah, and we find out it's like this rich millionaire <laughs> yeah. David Cross who has like an underground acapella party, like like that. It, I feel like it would make that part funnier, yeah. If you still establish this world of like acapella is kind of annoying, and then you had this guy it. who's like, I love it. Yeah, it's like his thing. Yeah, and even the Bellas are weirded out by it. Yeah. That would make that funnier. It would. Than whatever else it was. But yeah, yeah the, oh my gosh, the orientation made me so uncomfortable again. Because <laughs> it did, it did. It just, it, with the suspension of disbelief, you know, I'm thinking about myself as like, I'm there at orientation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if, I like, orientations already suck. Right. So then you have these dudes coming Jabronis, out. say it. <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> uh, coming out to do this song. I, I would be like, I made a huge mistake coming to this school. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake, Michael. <laughs> That's what I would be thinking. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... But we're supposed to love them. And they got Ben Platt back, which Mike and I talked about Broadway for a while, um, which we will... Should we relitigate we'll it? Or? We'll spare the audience maybe that conversation. Okay, okay. Unless you think it's worth it. Uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, um, but we we paused <laughs> the movie want us a lot to, do it, to discuss things that were happening in this movie. Yeah, if you want us to discuss that, you can go to patreon.com/slash/mikeamacost, sign up, and send me a message on the messaging part of it, 
and say you want to hear. You have to know what we were talking about. Yeah, and we'll let you know. But you can only know by signing up for Patreon, and this month on Patreon, it is 21 Jump Street. I don't know. Or maybe it's Zodiac. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. It's one of those two movies. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. Everything let loose on this app. Yeah, I mean, we have we only have like eight more of these to record before we have a baby. Yeah. We got to get through these. Yeah. I mean, we're still giving it our all, folks. I think that also in this movie, so I, I know that in the last movie. <laughs> you're like, I just got to power through Micah. Well, no, no, no. Just like the, the troublemakers were like the foil. They were like their antagonists uh-huh. in the last movie. So it, it obviously they're not going to be that for this movie, especially because Bumper was like the biggest reason for that. And he's gone. Yeah. Um, but like they had they had nothing to do yeah. in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I think that it honestly, maybe write them out of the movie in yeah, a way. Yeah. Um, well, cause, or, cause... or figure out a way that they could actually affect something in the movie. Yeah, because both of the romance you couldn't convince me, even though they kiss in one scene of light smooch that Anna Kendrick and the troublemakers guy are in a relationship. Yeah. They don't do anything. They don't talk. They don't, there's nothing going on. Nothing. And then Ben Platt and Haley, it's like, okay, that's kind of cute. That's fun. But there's no, there's just nothing there. There's like hardly any, they they hardly spend any time on it. There's like three scenes maybe. Yeah. And it's not like he motivates her or like teaches her how to sing a song or something like that. There's just. That would be how it would go. That would, that would be the thing. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm on the top of the dome. I'm making a better screenplay here. Yeah. Um yeah, so that part doesn't work. Now we're going to talk about what to me was nails on a chalkboard. Okay. And that is Anna Kendrick working at the studio. Yeah. Now in case you don't know or are unaware, I'm a musician. I've been to a few studios before, recorded several albums. And you know, of course, I've never worked with someone who worked with Snoop Dogg, for example. And and I like all the jokes in this section. It was actually the most watchable because of Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, he was very funny. But it it was, and and again, I this is a fictionalized world. It's heightened, and and I don't want to be that annoying guy. But but it actually just didn't make sense this plot. No. So Snoop Dogg comes in, and they do this Christmas album. They're working on a Christmas album. Snoop was having fun, and I was having fun with him. Yeah. And, and I thought the dynamic was, the, something that I thought was so funny yeah. was at, in that scene, at some point, Snoop Dogg's like, okay, nephew, whatever you want. So it's like, oh, okay, Keegan-Michael Key's his nephew. Yeah. And then throughout this plot, uh, Michael Key has been blasting this dude Dax, like yeah. so pissed at him for every little thing he does. And then later on, we find out that's his nephew. Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah. All of that stuff, great. Yeah. Love that stuff. But but what, what hurt was they're playing the song, and then, and, you know, Keegan-Michael Key is very prideful and, like, I'm the best producer ever. Like, don't come at me, but I want to be collaborative. But he's not taking anyone's suggestions, and he gets mad at people. And then she's like, have him do the song exactly the same way, which was funny because he's like, okay, Snoop, do it exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Fine. And then she goes over to this machine, uh, a drum looping sequencer, and she immediately knows where all the loops are, even though you usually program those in yourself. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah, they're not that's like... What they're, that's what we're relying on. People don't know how that thing works, yeah. like me. And, and, and th- you know, I'm sure if you use certain ones, like, they come pre-programmed like that, but they're, like, using specific samples and yes. stuff. So I, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, this makes no sense that she'd walk up to it and just automatically play it exactly right. Yeah. Unless that was hers. 
Yeah, which, which is not. it's not. So she comes up to this beat sequencer and she's playing a beat and she's singing I'll Be Home for Christmas while he's singing another Christmas song and it's a mashup. Walking in a winter wonderland. And and all of that, it's like, you know, this is like the Bohemian Rhapsody thing where you just instantly come out with something perfect. They did that in the first Pitch Perfect. I'm okay with that. Well, it's the fact that in Bohemian Rhapsody, they enlightened us, so that's how it does work in the studio. <laughs> yeah. That makes me believe that this works in the studio. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, that that's always, like, infuriating to me, but, it, but it's also, like, this is a comedy movie. You uh-huh. can't take that part seriously. Uh-huh. So, whatever. That's fine. So then, uh, well, it is one of those things where she, she's an intern at this place and you just know you're just waiting for it with like, like in a cringy way. That's like, what is going to be the dumb, tiny little thing that she's going to do? That's going to be her big break. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, man, you did really good today. He keeps calling her Reggie, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like, send, give me your demo. Now. When I heard demo, I thought, okay, of her production, because she told him I want to be a producer. So then she comes in, she brings him her demo, and then she asks him if he listened to it like a couple days later. And he goes, oh, yeah, I listened to your demo. It sounds like everything else. There's nothing original in it. It's not. But she's just mashing songs. You got no voice. You're just mashing songs. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, she wants to be a producer, not a singer-songwriter. Not a not a songwriter. What yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Why is this a discussion? And then it becomes the central character arc of this character. And then she spends this time like trying to write new music. And I'm like, you're a producer. Now producers contribute and they like guide the project and they can be, mm-hmm. you know, writers. There's great producers who do write music. But um someone but that's like not her. someone like Rick Rubin, he doesn't write music. He has Coldplay come into the studio or whoever or Adele and they're like, what songs do you have? And then he's like, try it this way. Let's get rid of the guitar. Well, actually, apparently he's not actually at his studios. There's some weird stories about him. But oh, he like never actually shows up. He has like a camera set up at the studio and oh, he checks that, in from it's his that house. that guy. Yeah, but he's got some crazy uh, records that I guess give you the clout to be able to do that. I mean, the guy... He does know what he's doing, but I don't know how involved he is if you hired him, like, today. You know, if you sure. hired him in the 90s or 2000s, like, you're probably going to get Rick Rubin, but mm. I don't know about now. But, like, someone like Brian Eno or something like that, like, you're going to be working with them, and they're going to be shaping the mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't understand why the whole movie is about her trying to find her original creative voice, because that's not what a producer does. You do have to have your own voice and your own creativity, But But you're helping the artist find their voice. (laughs) Yeah, which is what she ultimately does. And so that part made sense. But it was weird that he was like, I want to hear an original thing from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I I just thought it was so stupid. Yeah. And and, and she does get to the point where she, again, she does it in the way that makes more sense to me, where she shapes someone else's song. And that would be proof of concept on a producer. So... You know, maybe he is sitting there saying, like, you just mash two songs together. That doesn't require mixing. Yeah. And, like, producing. So, like. So it doesn't show me you have the skills. Yeah. You but for him taste. to be like, you don't have an original voice. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. So that is my huge rant. And it was, like, nails on a chalkboard in this movie. Yeah. And it drove me nuts. Yeah. I didn't like it either. So, yeah. Do you want to contribute anything to that section or. Just got that I. Else? 
agree. And I just, I just, I know it's all, it's also just having too high of expectations for this type of movie. Yeah. But it is, it is, I just am like, I just don't like it when it is like our main character is trying, to, they believe in something and they want to do this thing. They're trying to break into this world and they're given it, they're given this opportunity and then they do a tiny little thing. They speak up one time. Yeah. And then they're set up for success. Right. And it's just, I don't know. It's such a trope and it's yeah. so lazy anymore. But it wasn't just one time. She had to then write an original song. Yeah. For I don't some know. reason. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> like it. Um, yeah. So then they go to an acapella party. Yeah. They're given this weird invitation with a password. They go to this yeah. man's house. It's David Cross. He's having fun. Oh, the, so, there's actually an acapella party. But, you know, let's just skip oh, to that. Oh, what's an acapella party? It's like, it's like they're just at like a... It, it's, it's oh, at it's just beginning. at a party. That's I'm it, realizing there's not really anything significant in that scene. Is. Bumper is in this movie, Adam Devine, and yeah. he's like the campus security, which I think is a funny detail. Yeah. He oh, basically, yeah. like, acapella-wise amounted to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, acapella nothing. Or aca nothing. Yes. Thank you. But then they are invited to this exclusive party hosted by David Cross, and um this this was the best part this part was this was the best part of the movie i mean it seems like they're about to walk into like an eyes wide shut situation yeah, or yeah. something so that, like that that was funny um but he takes them like into his basement which is where where the party is i swear i saw keanu reeves for a second but it was just a man dressed as john wick <laughs> and it really was like are they going to throw keanu reeves into this that would be bonkers yeah they didn't um but who they did throw into it. So they still have that acapella group of old guys from the last movie yep, with yep. some new members, including Reggie Watts. So that was very fun to see awesome. him. Um, John and he Hodgman. gets to do his like weird noises and stuff. That oh, he, he does. was very funny. Um, John Hodgman, also funny guy. Um, and then Bumper is in that acapella group, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the treble makers are there. Bless their hearts. Um, DSM is there. And then they say, and the the, the Green, Green Bay, Bay Packers. Packers. And it is the Green Bay Packers. And it's not one guy. It's like it's like Four. five or six yeah. guys. Oh, my gosh. It was so we, funny. That got a huge. That was probably the, the biggest yeah. laugh. It was a great, great joke. Yeah. It was hilarious. So that that part, I mean, that was like, that that was a joke where I was like, this was worth seeing the whole movie. I know. I do, I do agree with that. And they did a good job. And, and. And so then they do like they did in the first movie where they have to do like a sing-off kind of thing. Yeah. Now, I didn't realize this. They were competing for a $42,000 Dave and Buster's yeah. gift card. See, this is like, why isn't the whole movie like I know, this? Because this know. is such a funny scene. Yeah. Um, but but they, they have to do, you know, like certain themes. And and great bit where they're like, the theme is uh, dating John Mayer. Yeah. And so people are singing these songs like by Taylor Swift. And then I did not realize that the Vanessa Carlton song, Making My Way Downtown. I did not know that either. Yeah. So I'm looking up. But they have, they had a relationship. Let's see. Um, this might come some surprise to you, but Vanessa Carlton may have been crooning songs about John Mayer all the, over the radio all these years. And you didn't even know it. You may have forgotten that America's favorite heartbreak, John Mayer, once did, I'm on the, the website, The Bustle. Oh, good. Once dated the songstress of our adolescence, none other than Vanessa Carlton herself. Maren Carlton dated for over a year, and through a careful inspection of her music, I have found many notable occurrences which suggest that Carlton... Let's go through every single okay. one. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I can't handle that. Wait, let me just see if there are lists. What was the song again? 
in the movie. Making my way downtown, yeah. walking fast. Okay, she says, staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. She can't bear to look at anyone else because all she sees when she looks someone in the eyes is John Mayer staring back at her. <laughs> okay, we're, we are going through this. <laughs> I walk the streets with a song in my head. We ebb and we flow so. Got my toes on my pup at the foot of my bed. My heart always seems to know. From Carlton's lesser-known Nolita fairy tale, these lyrics could be used as proof that she is indeed still pining over John Mayer. <laughs> Isn't everybody? Because <laughs> you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you tonight. The notorious song of our childhood. They keep saying that. Uh, perhaps this was her ode to the king of heartbreakers. <laughs> All she's doing is finding, uh, or whoever wrote this, just finding lyrics that are that are like about love and being uh -huh. like they they dated. So it could be about him. They're not Isn't like that how specific. all of those articles go, though. Yeah, because I mean, the Taylor Swift song, she's not saying John Mayer, but we all know that it's about him. Yeah, it's just it's very funny because it's not like does like, Katy Perry have a song about him? I don't know. I, probably. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny because I think of like with the Taylor Swift uh, and and apparently this song and stuff like that. People just read so much into it, and but it's not as clear as like. Like when Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow got a divorce, Ghost Stories came out, and the album is like it is about, about divorce. divorce. Yeah, and so when you're when you're listening to it, you're like, "This is about I, his I family." Think, I think the simplest explanation for it, like I know with the Taylor Swift situation, I think that song came out relatively quickly after yeah. their like, or it was written while like right after they broke up. I think that's well, and that the one criteria. was called Dear John. So I mean, there's that as well. The album or the song? The song that is oh, apparently okay. about him. Well, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift's not maybe the most subtle songwriter, which is okay. What? Yeah, that's okay. I'm not. I I I can get down with a couple of Taylor songs, um, mm -hmm. but only for a swift amount of time. That's all <sighs> the patience I have. But um, Ching. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but what's Bellas, funny is the Bellas lose. No, but Bumper oh. in the John Mayer thing, he's like, oh, "Oh, I got this, I got this," and then he's like. What? What's love got to do? Yeah. Got to do with it, and they're all like, "Okay." And then he stopped because he worked at the the recording studio with John Mayer, uh -huh. and they're all like, "Are you insinuating that Tina Turner and John Mayer had a thing?" And he's like, "Absolutely, yes, uh, yes, absolutely." And they're like, "No," which I think the the funnier joke is not that he did that, but that, that he knows that he knows that, and Tina Turner and John Mayer had a th uh, had a fling. I, I, love I that. like that. <laughs> Very funny. So yeah, but the Bellas lose it all because Haley Steinfeld sings an original song. Oh my gosh, <laughs> embarrassing. Well, it it was it was funny that she was kind of like, oh man, like, whoops, I did an original song, and it's like, yeah, these are this the the whole very concept of this game is not original songs. But it's it's funny too because it's 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 like I know like yes you write original music that's awesome. Uh, that that's interesting for your character, but you want to be in an a cappella group. <laughs> Don't you understand that that's like the baseline? Jordan, this but is I know our they movie. break they break through the glass ceiling in this one by doing yeah. original songs. But yeah. And so ultimately DSM wins their 42,000 gift card to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, that's funny. Good for them. Um, but yeah, the mashup section is, it, I, it's just great. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Bumper asks Amy out for real, and she's like, no. Yeah. Um, and then later in the movie, she's just like, actually, yeah. 
(laughs) It's just kind of like... It's after everyone has a heart-to-heart. I know, but it's just a little like all the character development in this movie is like, yeah, we just kind of said this earlier, so we have to pay it off. It's kind of how it feels, you know? Um, But But that one makes up for a fun scene, so... Yeah. yeah. The Bell is in a real bad spot. Yeah. So they need to go to a boot camp. Before that, they have a bad performance uh, at somewhere. Where? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they they but they bring out like fireworks and and oh yeah all that stuff. And someone gets and, someone catches on fire. Yeah. So then they're like, we need to go back to our roots. So they go to a boot camp run by the former Bella's leader. Leader. I I gl- I'm glad she was in the movie. She's very funny. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, and then she's they're all trying to find their voice. Mm-hmm. I like this. It's funny that they're having to do all of this stuff and they're. You know, you know, doing doing like team building, team building exercises, all outdoor, like running around, running through the mud and stuff. And then also like at at the campfire at night, singing acapella songs. That's funny to me. Um, But then eventually it's brought out that Anna Kendrick is actually going to a studio. And that's why she hasn't been fully invested in the Bellas. And she's like, why do I have to be so invested? You've been like. Basically, your your development has been arrested, and you're just sitting here in uh, the Bellas for three years as a senior. So they, to Brittany Snow, yeah, they they all air out their grievances, mm-hmm. uh, much like the O'Hara's did every time a child uh, got out of high school. Mm-hmm. The airing of or the every grievances, uh, yes, yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, then then they kind of just immediately resolve it like the next scene, right? At the campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually kind of nice instead of like dragging it out. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? It's fine. And then they sing, um, they sing the cup song. What song is it? I don't know. Or since I'm gone, or I'll, I'll be gone. Isn't that the song she sings though? I don't, I don't remember it being that song, but maybe it is. Um, it's probably not. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. No, it's not. Yeah, really dislike that song. Always dislike that. Why? Um I I don't like the melody and I don't how it's don't like how it's like when I'm gone, when I'm gone. Well, when was the song? Written? You're going to miss me when I'm gone. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. It's like stop saying that. But when was the song written? I don't know, like 2012 or something. For real? Yeah, that's like a pop hit. I thought this was an old song. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought this was like an old western Organ Trail. No, that'd have been something. funnier. That'd have been funny if they were like home, home, like on a home, the on, range. Yeah, like a home on the range kind of song. <laughs> I don't know why. Let's see if we can do it. Where the deer and the antelope. Oh, I can't. Play. I actually can't though. Uh, that's not how you improv, Jordan. You're no, supposed I, to I'm yes and. You, I don't know the song. <laughs> um, so they find their sound, and then it's like the world. So they go to Copenhagen. Yeah. For the world championship of acapella. And wow, I'm feeling uncomfortable again. Because I'm seeing this crowd of people paying money to come see this. And I just don't buy it. Um, I, I can't. I can't. I know I yeah. brought up suspension of disbelief. And it's clear that I could never for a second was in it. Yeah. Personally. Uh-huh. Which I know, again, I'm admitting. I did not realize that, I like, recognize that it's a, a lot of this series would break you, Jordan. I, it's just, I thought this was going to be fun for you me. and me. I just didn't like it. I really don't like acapella. There's still new things to learn in marriage. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but what happens is 
they, they really, it's just funny. There's a good way to do this in a bad way, and I can't define it. But they really wanted us to know and be aware and, and see that be they- Be aware. Be aware. Yes, thank you. That they, act- <laughs> that they actually did film with that many people at an actual stage. Yes. Or a set stage. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that really works. See, Star is Born. They do that kind of thing in the movie several times, and it is, like, amazing. Oh, okay. In this movie, there's just something about it where it's like, oh, this just feels like too earnest. Like it doesn't have that edge that the first movie you guys had. Are, you guys really think that people like acapella this much? It's like, and people are like rocking out to acapella. They're singing "Journeys Any Way You Want It," and it's this just doesn't. This this just seriously does not happen. <laughs> and I don't think any other part of the world's doing it either. Well, they probably do have a world championship. Yeah, but uh, I don't think any other. I don't know. I'm gonna Maybe try there's... to remember to research a little bit. Yeah, I would like to know if you discover like, oh, this uh, is South Korea yeah. as actually is just like that. Yeah, or whatever, some other country. But yeah, prove me wrong because I do not buy for a second that anyone likes acapella this much. <laughs> I, I that's think would spend this much money on this production. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely over the top, but I don't think it's as as low key as you think. I mean, well, Glee it, ran for like six or seven seasons, man. Is Glee acapella though? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. But but I I think I, I think I just don't buy it in this. I don't know the world. The world is just there. I don't know. It's how too to say earnest. It. It's too earnest. It's too earnest. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's like it's like if you watched Best in Show. Yeah. And there was no joke you would just be like people care about dogs this much like to do this kind of stuff and we would know that that's true yeah because we've seen it so it is that people are that intense about it but without the edge of the humor of it all like making fun of the institution itself that would not be a funny movie it would just be a a movie that should have been a documentary right and this movie it's like i would actually be more interested in watching a documentary about the world acapella Right. And seeing real people who are like this then like kind of a poor comedy. Right. I do feel like I'm be- it's like the movie's still fine though. I don't know. I-, I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I didn't like it, but I don't think it's bad. Yeah. It's it's like the cameras you can see the shots. They're well lit. No, they're not. It's so not this movie a ne- looks really No, no, bad. it's not a Netflix movie. Like I can see Sure. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Poor praise for a movie. I know. <laughs> but hey, these days it's all we can ask for. When you walk out of the theater and you're like, "I saw everything in that movie." It's like <laughs> that's pretty sweet for a medium that's visual. It's rare these days you can see a whole thing. Yeah. So they do their they do the competition. The Germans go and and um, it's it's kind of funny. I, I liked it, but Jordan was like, "I don't like this." While it was going. Um, and then, and then our Bella girls come out and they do who, who rule the world girls rule the world by Beyonce. Um, and they're going, they're doing it. And then they whip out their secret weapon, which is singing flashlight by Haley Steinfeld. And what happens next? The crowd starts singing oohs and ahs that are not what's being sung on stage. They're improvising the oohs and ahs. Acapella really inspires people. It's magical. Well, and what is crazy is they did have, and I actually thought this was a good way to do time, but it was just funny when they were setting up for the festival. They're singing journeys any way you want it. They're they keep cutting to different people singing it and they different languages and stuff. And time is passing by. So in my estimation, it's like 
oh my gosh, it took him 10 hours to sing Any Way You Want It by Journey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But they anyway. So that's what so happens. They get all of the legacies, all of the people who oh, have ever been a pillar that, yeah. on stage to perform with them, and they just I don't randomly cut to Robin Roberts, a host of Good Morning America. Yeah. She apparently was a Barton Bella, and I immediately whipped out my phone because I needed to know like, did she do acapella in college or yeah. something? And I could not determine what I could not determine that. I think they're just trying to, like... It was a terrible cameo. Yeah, you're right. I think the cameo would work if, like, it, we saw her, and then it, like, cuts to another side, and we see, like, Jessica Biel, and then it cuts to another side, and it's, like, Diane Sawyer, and it, there's, like, yes, five, like, hugely all, which famous people. actually was what I was expecting, yeah. that we would get more, but it's also Michelle Obama. a terrible time to do it, because it's supposed to be our earnest moment of the movie. Right. You're done with the cameos. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So if someone happens to know if Robin Roberts did acapella or something uh-huh. in college, I would like to know <laughs> because okay. I'm perplexed. Yeah. And then they're all like, man, Haley, you did it. You saved us. And now just like all the Bellas have had to do before us, you have to ride a little sled down the stairs. And it ends with her like breathing in as she's about to do go down the stairs. What? I don't know, dude. But I did. We did forget to mention a funny scene where Amy like like paddles across the lake and sings. Uh, what's the song? I don't remember, but it was funny. Funny scene. It has that in it, but that's not super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um. And and she she gets bumper back. Yeah, that was. Funny. And they start making out on the lawn, and everyone runs away because <laughs> they're not going to be able to stop them. <laughs> um, that's per- pitch perfect too. Mm-hmm. We did do it. Yeah, and, and none. Sorry can... for how harsh I am. No, I mean I think it's fine. I don't think anyone's like, oh my gosh, pitch perfect too. Like that is on my <laughs> Mount Rushmore of movies. I think it's fine. that is the sequel that proves that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like our highest uh, rate. Like lowest rated episode but our highest downloaded where yeah. everyone's like finally the pitch perfect two <laughs> episode it's where they really get to actualize the thesis of their show <laughs> and then they listen they're like oh i love acapella <laughs> <laughs> i do like it though still for the record uh but it can be ridiculous uh so next week it's pitch perfect three do you want to know what we're covering after that or do you want to wait till next week to find out what do you want what do you I, want me to say? I want you to choose. Well, usually we say second to last. Yeah. So let's do it. Okay. So as the the listeners know, uh, I've I've figured out the schedule, and I didn't tell her we were doing Pitch Perfect. Didn't tell her about this next series. And I think he was expecting a much different reaction when he announced that we were doing Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I'm confident you're going to like this, though. Okay. So the next series we're going to cover, it's three movies. I want to see if you can at least... A- Tempt a couple of guesses. Okay, great. Can you try a couple of guesses oh, here? No, uh, can you give me, just guide me a little bit. Uh, they, uh, uh, um, they, they start, well, this will make it, I think, harder if I say the guesses, because I think you, your brain won't be able to think. But they are based on a character. How's that? They're based on a character. They're based on a character. A character from TV, from books. Uh, yeah, books books but maybe get more specific with the books 
children's books? Kind of. Young but adult? You're in the right ballpark. Huh? Keep well, there's guessing. not a Paddington three yet, so no, 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 no. It's not Paddington. No, but I mean your your definition of books is maybe you're thinking uh, comic books. Yes. Oh. Yes. What comic book? Like what company? Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you narrow down. I'll let you narrow. Are we down. doing Spider Man? No. Oh, okay. Um. Well. We get we get is 20. it Marvel? Yes. It is. How yes. old is this? Uh, it started in the nineties. It's a trilogy? Yes. It started in the 90s? Yes. I don't remember what year it have started. Have I seen them? Uh, not all of them. You have not seen all of them. But I've seen I've seen one or two. You've seen one of them, yes. I'm just like I'm letting Do you narrow I like down. like it? You liked the the first one. When did I see it? Uh in this house. Oh, okay. So not that long ago. Yeah. I don't know. It was my first viewing as well. Really? Yeah. Why did we watch it? Cuz we wanted to watch it. Cuz it looked cool. What? Ghost Rider. And close. There's not three of those. Dang so. it. But you're you're getting there. You're in the right vein of Marvel. Oh, I would love to watch Ghost Rider, which yeah. we've talked about. Is it Chronicles of Riddick? That's not Marvel. Okay. Um, I I I'm running out of them. I don't know. Hellboy. Close, but oh. that's uh Dark Horse. <laughs> oh, that's right. But you're right. you're in the right realm. I know. You are so close. Who directed it? Uh I don't know who directed the oh, first okay. movie. I can't remember. And his we name. liked it? We did, yeah. The the very ending was kind of laughy, but like the most most of the movie's great. Okay, well this will be an obvious one, but who plays the character? That'll be too. That'll Come give on, it though. away we too don't much. Want to, people are already turning off the podcast. No, they're not. We, we're going short. We're going short. So you can do this. Well, maybe, I believe give that you can do this. Another hint. Um, what are the properties of the superhero? He he definitely uses a sword. He uses a sword often. Yeah. Often? That's one of his main weapons. Yeah. Definitely. He uses a sword Could, often. <laughs> I, I bet there's I bet everyone is listening <laughs> and knows what it is. What kind of sword? Uh <laughs> I, like I don't know. I don't know my swords. But like it it, it, it takes place in like present day. If that's it doesn't have it present day. Oh blade. Blade. Oh we're doing blade. Yes. Cool. So Okay. Yeah. And uh, on that first episode, Cutter Calloway's returning to talk about Blade. Why did he choose that? He chose Blade. That's cool. He was like, "Ooh, I, that would be a fun one to talk just about." Not in a why in a bad way, just like it feels random. Well, and, and by now I think it's out, and but I don't know the details or the name, but I know he's doing at least a mini series podcast series on like horror movies. Oh, fun! So he was like, "Ooh, this would be perfect because that's like right in, yeah. that, in that vein." So he's gonna make his big return. Cool. Blade rocks. Yeah. So, one of the greatest openings to a comic book movie. Yes. Ever. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to cool. we're doing Blade. And then there's one more series after that before we come back from maternity leave and okay. you will never guess it cuz I don't think the, you yeah. know that it exists. Cool. All right, thanks for listening everyone. Bye. Aka bye. Aka good. Aka good. Bye. Aka bye. Okay. Thank you.